This episode of the B3 Podcast comes to you from Red Bones Bar and Grill in Montgomery and brought to you by Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, one agent for all your insurance needs. Stop knocking on wood. Go see Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, one take. Uh, you know, the one take Osmonds is what they call me. I'll say this. Um, Didn't even write down the lyrics. I think it's better than Morgan Wallen. <laughs> there I'm we just, go. I'm just saying that, you know, and I think you somehow need to rhyme Pina Colada <laughs> with Todd Father. I was really happy with Speaking Travis Speaking of Brandon. Pina Colada, isn't that what you are drinking <laughs> no, there, Todd? I am not. It's still fall until Thanksgiving, I was so I'm happy having an apple crown. with Travis Brett and Don't You Fret. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, mean, I mean, I'm fine with... I, I'm, that, that, that line, you know, that... Caught my fancy too, tickled it. So there you go. Don't uh, you? We don't need country and western. That's what you said. said. We got both kinds of music here. We got country and western. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Well, what we don't have anymore is this guy. If it amazes you, then you don't know anything about basketball. You're you're, uh, uh, illuminating your uh, relative lack of knowledge of the game with a statement like that. Let's just start all this again. Now I'm not here to argue the thing with you. I'm not going. And debate things with you and people from television. You know, you want a an answer from me, you get the answer, you don't like an answer, then don't use the program, okay? Any coaches ever talk to you like that, Todd? You know, I, I had real mixed emotions. I came to Indiana in the late 70s, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and um, believe it or not, at a you know, at a time when, when Indiana State was going to the national championship where Indiana and Purdue were playing each other for the NIT championship, which right. meant something back then. Yeah. Um, it, it, like I said, it, it, as a Purdue fan, you know, I should be just horrible. I should be just ugly. Yeah. I think that he was a dinosaur. Um, I don't think he would have been... He wouldn't have lasted 10 minutes today. Mm. 10, not 10 minutes, let alone 20 years ago. Yeah. When, when, 23 years ago when it was, I don't know. I mean, um, are you going to motivate people that way? Can you do it today? Can you do it anymore? Can, right. is, is a kid looking at his phone and uh, kind of look up at you and say, gotcha, coach, you know? Well, no, you can't because in the last five years, Roy Williams, Jay Wright, Mike Shashevsky and on and on and on have already retired as well. And those guys, with the exception of Coach K, didn't leave because they were in their 70s and life was done. Um, I think social media has changed everything. everything. Of course, like somebody from a generation older than you, I think we throw around, oh, he's a, he's a dinosaur. No, he's not. He's just like your dad was probably. 
Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, I, that 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 that's the reality of the situation. And, I, and there's I, things that your dad did to you, and things that my dad did to me. That uh, I'm not going to say they it was it was criminal or abusive, but things that maybe would sh- not are, right. be done today. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I always said that you know my very first little league coach, he used to carry the same sea bag with the bats and the stale smelling catcher's equipment, and um, you know. And that was that he took like to Guadalcanal with him. Uh, so, yes, things were different, but I think that you can't judge Knight today by today's standards. You can't judge anybody no. today you using today's standards. That's that's I, ridiculous. I just to watched. Do. I just watched Entourage. Yeah. You can't judge well that, that television that, show today. That's funny. Uh, uh, Jeff Doyle was mentioning that he has gone back and started watching some of that, and he he just mentioned, you know, even on even on HBO Max, there are things that that were there originally, and not that it was ever completely grotesque or you know raunchy, yeah. but but there's things that maybe, uh, you know, we've been through the Me Too, you know, the, the cancel culture, the this or that, and even on HBO, they're kind of saying, you know what, in twenty two thousand seven, this was great. 2023 probably not so much yeah i mean a lot and it it just before we get back to bob knight we'll stay on entourage for a second a lot of um not homophobic but homophobic type speech was said by all kinds of young men back then that was the way you made fun of your fellow compadre and it just doesn't quite i ran across the south park episode the other night speaking of teflon (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah, it, no and it was about some of that that, that language and uh yeah we'll talk about it off air but i thought it was a uh the thing the things that they can still do and get away with that nobody else can it's pretty amazing but i'm glad you know, like i said I, I, they they deserve the mark twain award every year i don't disagree yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know everybody has i i don't have any specific and i think you guys may may have a little closer touches with greatness with with coach knight i my main memory is every sunday morning you watch that coach's show on channel four with chuck you watch that coach's show and then it became because channel four being pretty smart even for the 80s they figured out we need to capture this audience we're going to have him play golf well, <laughs> which gives us probably the way first was yeah, golf, golf my, my way golf no way. In, in this world something like that i think it may have been it yeah in this world of six degrees of separation um you sam know carmichael i think was yeah, yeah yeah sam carmichael from uh, martinsville country club my wife when she played at indiana state uh, she did a lot of work with coach royce waltman and coach waltman was a direct Understudy. Uh, 70, was he coaching on the 76? He was on the 87 and 81 staff. Okay, okay. Um, and so there's, there's, there is, you know, two or one degree of separation between, you know, between her and, and, and I would ask her, I, you know, was Coach Waltman anything as firing? And she said, you know, he did it more subtly, but a lot of the methods you know were the same and she mentioned the same thing it's probably something that wouldn't completely fly to now but this this was in 1998 this isn't now there's a whole generation people your age my age whomever who absolutely every coach they ever had took their cues from bob knight in indiana sure well and and i heard a great story the other day and 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 i've read so much you know there 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 and, and i'm gonna 
make Todd feel good here in a second. Oh, but, a new twist on the show. But, you know, the, there was a lot of – I remember when they talked about Dean Smith and the Four Corners offense and how, you know, high school coaches in Indiana invented that, you know, five years before he took credit for it. You know, Bob Knight invented the motion offense. Yes. Mm-hmm. He invented it. And at the end at IU, when he was kind of back channel flirting with a job here or a job there. At Bar Eve. He never at Bar Eve. But was it one New of the Me- one New Mexico, New Mexico State, yeah. was the big one because right. um, he liked to hunt and fish there. Yep, liked to hunt and fish. Going into the city, into New York, was always uh, where he could get back closer to West Point. But he mentioned, you know, he felt like they lost momentum in the '90s. And here you go, Todd, because Purdue and Gene Cady. They run our motion better than we run our motion. And that's when you knew it was lost. And, and, and you know, you can even take that rivalry back uh, to just pre-Bop night. you got to remember, Purdue was Indiana's team. Purdue was Indiana's team in the late 60s with Rick Mount, Rick Mount going yeah. to the Final Four. I mean, there were a lot of people who were Purdue fans who, who you know, put on the reversible jacket shortly what thereafter. What year was like Joe Barry Carroll? What 80. Okay. In fact... You want to just jump into one of our, our uh, peoples? Um, the Goaty Superintendent, Brian Harmon, I'm pretty sure was on the Purdue Reserve Squad. Yeah, but yeah the practice squad. Squad, yeah. With, um, with Joe Barry Carroll. Yep. So there you go. Yep. Shout out to him. But did, I'll be perfectly honest, I soured on night a little bit. I think everybody did. His shtick became a shtick. Well, and, and the whole, you it, know. Uh, it was less know. lovable when the 30-win seasons were 22-win seasons. You know, and, you, and you're getting absolutely drilled in Thursday night of the NCAA tournament. And they were constantly. The got Richmond Spiders. Spiders. That's right. They, it got there toward the end. It was almost like, you know, whoever the next Calbert Chaney was. at You know, they always had one really good player. And a whole bunch of like, eh, you know. Well, and, and there are several stories that are, um, I'm not going to say notorious. or They're just. They're, well, those are good, Brian. Yeah, those are really good. They're out there about how he lost any interest in recruiting in his last five or six years well, at why IU. Would he? Why would he? I mean, why wouldn't he? I and the say. thing is, if, I, if Dan Dockich at the time, and or, or name the assistant coach, whoever, comes in and sits in the living room, and I feel like I'm a five-star recruit, the first thing I'm going to say is, why are you here exactly? Right. You know? And, yeah, and I think that was probably part of it. And I think when those kids got there, he didn't know who the hell they were. Um, I'll give you my, my two night stories real fast. One of which was I was a sophomore at Purdue. A uh, fraternity brother of mine, his uh, brother was hurt in a car accident pretty badly. Um, I was dating a girl at IU who was a student intern assistant in the athletic office. I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter. Got a picture? I can show you a picture, Ed. Um, tonight saying this guy's a big IU fan even though he's a Purdue student. And uh, would it be possible for him to meet before the IU-Purdue game? Lo and behold, his secretary called me. She, this girl delivered the letter for me. And um, I got a call from his secretary, Marianne. Really? And he and I, two days later, were sitting in Mackey Arena for, for a shoot-around. And <coughs> Knight had came over and spoke to us. 
Um, he had uh, Jim Cruz sit with us the entire practice. The entire practice. Really? Explained what was going on, what they were doing. Um, he was not sympathetic, but he was informed. You know what I mean? When, when he, you know, yeah. said hello. Katie came down to see him. Katie shook everybody's hands, too. Um, and, you know, th- those stories are out there. Oh, sure. He didn't have to do that for a kid at Purdue. Yeah. And I think everybody's got those those stories and and i you know that was in the in the notes what's what what's your coach knight story and i i think so many of us have stories that maybe just there we there go it is. there it is we'll gr- yeah, this get is that ne- picture this that- is our next topic on yep. the uh, yeah. on the b3 podcast after coach knight yeah that'll be on twitter but i you know i remember being in the same location as as coach knight starting when i was probably in kindergarten i remember seeing him at the moose lodge in petersburg i remember seeing him at a gym here i remember seeing him at the old petersburg gym i remember seeing him at the at the hatchet house for a barnstorming game i you know everybody's got so many of these stories but i think the one thing that that i can piggyback on with todd is you know I, I think he was a way better person that people gave him credit for especially at the end and i think everybody can look at somebody and they've got their own story about him helping somebody when he really didn't have to yeah. and i think at the end of the day in this area was he mean did he hurt people's feelings was he politically incorrect good lord absolutely but you know that's the stuff that i think at the end of somebody's life you need to you need to look at and say you know i'll, I'll go ahead and say it the guy hugged and touched Ryan White in 1987 when we thought mm-hmm. when we thought you could get AIDS and die just by touching somebody with it. He posed with the kid. He brought him to IU games. He 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 became part of the national story. And I mean I mean and he was the guy. And there at the end, you had Michael Jackson coming in. You had Elton John coming in. Mm-hmm. But Bob Knight was first, and he was years before those guys. And I think. That now, should be part of the legacy as well. Before the Bob Knight love fest gets too far, too deep. <laughs> Bob Knight coached in a Final Four. Did you know that, Todd? Carry on. Did he? Yep. 73? Yep. Yeah, how'd they do? Well, that, was, that was before the you know, that one. Nevertheless. But, you know, and then the other one. The flip side of that is, as a young Cub reporter, a Jimmy Olsen, oh, so yeah. to speak, I was covering an Illinois-Indiana uh, game at Assembly Hall, the Assembly Hall in Illinois. I've been there the many assembly hall. times, <coughs> and um, and knowing everything that I knew, you know, I wasn't going to go up and say, "You remember me, Mister Knight?" Yeah, but he couldn't have been more hateful. <laughs> he couldn't have been more horrible to the to the assembled media. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it was which it he was, became one of. Not you know in the in the distant future. Yeah, whatever. but but I mean that was I mean he was horrible. Yeah. We had to pick everything up from the press room, take it down to the tunnel, which if you, it, the press room was like on the other side of the concourse, you'd go up the stairs, across, down, then back to the tunnels. And he gave about a 30-second profanity-laced tirade. That you couldn't, well. Because they got beat. They got yeah. beat by about 25 points that night. 2000-ish, 99, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and that was the Bob Knight that most people will remember. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's inevitable that when you, you flip on the TV after you hear of his death and the first thing you see is him haul, hurling that chair across the uh, across the gym floor and, eh, you know. But 
goods and bads. I mean, he I was. Mean, a, I, th- I I truly think the guy was, you know, and we didn't know he was battling something in his oh, brain. And, and, I mean, and he, we we talked about that, Brian. Oh, but I think we can say that about all of our heroes and the people that have some greatness in them somewhere. You should never meet your heroes. Yeah, well, uh, well. Yeah. There's that, but I also think so many of those greats, whether you are an artist, a coach, a general, you are on that razor's edge, yeah. and there is not much between genius and madness, and I think, I think so many of these people, they can, they can do things at a level that, quite frankly, three guys sitting around <laughs> a back table at Red Bones and, and yeah. normal people like us just, I don't think we're supposed to understand it. Yeah, that's probably true, but anyway... Um, as Dick Vitale called him the general, I think was he the first one that started the whole general he thing? He was the guy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, the general is gone, and but what is not gone? Because it's in its infancy. <laughs> it's brand new. I just talked to Cindy, and we're still lobbying for that B three podcast section of the Red Bones menu, uh-huh. where we record every single show, and. Which is brought to you, of course, by Travis Brett Farm Bureau Insurance. We record everyone here. I'm lobbying to get the Mushroom and Swiss Burger on the B3 menu, and we have a new addition just invented tonight, only minutes ago. I don't think invented would be the right word. Just uh, just presented. Okay, there you go. It, it is, wasn't presented. It, this was the move. Yeah, this sandwich is a, out there. Of, but, a, of a strong-armed dictator. Yeah, this, this was... Is, yeah, this is not this sandwich is not new. Not new. It's new to here, and because of one person. Yes, bulldoze your new, way into it's it. It's new to Southern Indiana, maybe. We're gonna do we just call this the Todd Father? It's the Todd Father. It's yeah. the chicken parm. We need that on the menu, Keegan O'Neill. It's the chicken the Todd parm. Father. Um, and it's very good. I mean, it's a chicken parm sandwich, and and I think it's something we've been sadly missing in our lives. Yeah. Best chicken parm I ever had, yeah. Libanati's, Bergenfield, New Jersey. I was in middle school, and it's like an addict chasing that first heroin high. You can't quite ever grab you it again. You can never grasp it again, yeah. but, you, but you try. Yeah. Well, so the chicken parm is, how, how are we doing? I mean, are We're we off great. to a good start? We're yeah. off to a good start. Yeah. So I'll put that on the Twitter page. You can see Todd posing with his, his new creation. Um, well, I don't want to get into music quite yet, although I do have a nice little music segment. Todd will let you fin. Todd's got a new segment. Did you know about this? I, he said, "You will not know about and yeah, know so about it until I start." Speaking. I think we should wait till the sandwich. Is no, I think we I'll should do it. it. Like I said, you, if you want to hit it, you want to do it now. Okay, it now. this is listen, folks. Deco and I are not. This is this is Todd's. He, he produced this segment, uh, and he's oh, even he produced requ- the segment. He no. produced it. Here we go. You can always count on me. For sure. For sure. That's what friends are for. If you remember right, the second time this song's been played on this podcast, remember? Because we did had a big discussion with Wag. Mike Wagner was here that we didn't know Rod Stewart recorded this first. Yes. Yes. But. All right. All right. Are we ready? Where I am. I want to call this the friend zone. Okay. <laughs> and I think that either every week or a couple of weeks, we need to put somebody in the friend zone. Okay. I got a couple of nominations. Just are we moving them from what zone are we moving them from to the friend zone? Well, because I think we've all been friend zoned more than once. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I what it is? This is like the Dallas Cowboy Ring of Honor. Oh, once you are in the the friend zone, you don't. You know, 
you get all kind of great gifts. Oh, uh, you know, free appetizer and showbiz pizza. <laughs> I you think know. the parms fighting back. Yeah. Free, you know what I mean? Or, or maybe an iron-on transfer of the yeah. B3 logo. I all kind you. of good stuff. I forgot your koozies well, again. But. Oh, my goodness. But we'll say this. My first nomination. Yeah. We go with Coach Mullen. Okay. Fair enough. Coach Wagner. And I think we probably got to put Cindy in there, too. Cindy. The friend zone. I'm, I'm, I, wrote, about, I wrote that down. What about Travis Brett? I, it, or is he in a different zone? That's a different zone. Okay. I don't know where we put that zone. You know, what zone that is. That's in the pay us for our drink zone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's buying, uh, <laughs> buying our food and drink and our guests' drinks. But I just think in. we need to find a way to permanently enshrine some of the people that have made this Davies County top podcast. It is a matter of fact, we just won another award, uh, yes. Podcast of the Year for Southwest Indiana featuring sports and other stuff. Podcast of We got it from yeah. the Evansville Courier. Yeah. How so, about that? So Kyle there Soakland. you go. And these people are now have been enshrined permanent for permanent initial members of the friend zone. I, I think that, you know, we'll have to vote. We'll have to do some other things later on. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I think old Marty Ledbetter might, might have oh, well, one, one I more don't visit from, from Marty. He, he might have soured it tonight. He said he had to get back with Simler. And oh, so with, he, because he was in Montgomery today and uh, couldn't stick around. But, you know, like I said, we need the, it's a friendship circle. Okay. And once you're in the circle of trust with, with the B3 people. John Patrick Mullen, Mike Wagner, Cindy Wilcher. That's that's your in, initial class. In the friend zone. Done. Ty Cobb, the Bambino, and, uh, and Cy Young. You Done. Know. Do we follow this up with Todd's Hockey Minute? Yeah, since let's you're, go right since into Since you're on fire here. Hit it. Oh, that would have been so cool if I would have been ready. Now I am. I know there's a lot of lingo out there. Uh, uh, I'll have another one, please. Yeah. Well, let me finish this in while you just put it in another glass. Yeah, thanks. Um, God. Remember when I was going to have one? Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is there's a lot of lingo around the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If I go top yeah. cheese, if I'm a toe drag release guy, whatever it is. Toe, wait a minute. Let me process that one. Toe drag release. release. Kind of a snapshot. Okay. All right. But yeah. nevertheless, off the, off, the, off the toe of the stick. But you ever done a toe drag? I have got... Go? No, no, I don't. No. You're speaking Swahili here's right an now. Old, here's an old hockey term that you became familiar with back in the early 80s. Do you remember Bob and Doug McKenzie's term, of course? Hoser. Hoser. Yep. Do you know the origin of that? No. I was trying to think if it had anything to do with Labatt's beer, but I no, can't. No, it does not. No. What it is, is it? It is an old hockey term, apparently, in Canada, when they first started to build the artificial rinks, you know. Okay. If you're playing in your beer league or whatever it is you're doing, if you lost before the Zamboni machines, you had to hose down the rink. The losers would hose down the really? rink. And the term became, for for loser, hoser. Okay. Then that's I, Todd's Hockey Minute I, right okay. I feel like I grew today. And we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Yeah, I don't How know what that? else. You know, I think right now we just listen to a, our, from our friend who's above the, above the friend zone or just in a different. Let's just listen to a word from Travis Brett. You want to make sure you can sleep at night knowing that you are covered? 
Well, stop knocking on wood and call Travis Brett with Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. He's right there in Ligoti at 304 JFK Avenue, 812-295-3129. Doesn't matter what you want covered, auto, renters, home, life, business, farm and crop, the place to go, Travis Brett, and he will get you a quote. I just referred my mother to Travis, and he took great great care of her. He's been part of the Martin County business community for going on 20 years now. He's a big supporter of all kinds of high school activities, and we are proud to have him as the title sponsor once again of the B3 podcast. One insurance agent for all of your needs. It's Travis Brett at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Stop knocking on wood. Hey, Mike, who's your agent? My agent is Travis Brett from Indiana Farm Bureau. I will be playing golf, not probably in the same group with Travis Brett, but the Country Oaks team is taking on the Cypress Hills from Vincent's team on Sunday. We've got a home match this year after we got absolutely blackened our eyes last year at Vincent's. So, oh, so what, what happened last year at Vincent's? I need to hear we this. got killed. I mean, like in a match play type yeah, deal, or a, like a match two, team play. Yeah, or, or it, it's two. It was two man teams. I think there was twelve two man teams. Uh, nine holes alternate shot. Nine holes of scramble. No, it may have been twenty seven. Nine holes scramble. Nine holes alternate shot. Nine hole best ball and. We got our eyes beat shut, and I mean, like, bad. So we're out for revenge. Okay. Is there, is there anything with the uh, Washington Country Club? Do you guys have a similar match? No, not that uh, not that I've been privy to. Okay. All right. Are you are proposing you one? The yes. B3 Cup? The B3, the B3 Cup. Cup. That, okay. All right. That's where I thought you were headed with that. I, also, I always thought if we ever did a uh, some kind of B3 thing, I think it should be a three-man team. Um, there's softball coach of the year of the whole world. I believe. Yeah, pretty much. I think, yep. Yeah, Josh Huff just walked the in. The Huff Daddy. The Huff Daddy. Uh, I think this is a good time while we're doing segments. I'm just going to run through our new, our second newest segment. Oh, not like that or not. Anybody that is in the know knows that music is the great British Bake Off update from last week. Of course, it was. Uh, botanical week, as you, I'm sure you I, knew. I, uh, yes. I mean, I didn't have to tell you I, that. I'm a, I have loved botanical week for multiple seasons. And when you ask Todd, I know you're about to. What was botanical week? Well, it's a celebration of all things floral, edible flowers. I, mean, uh, I like edibles. Natural flavors from flowering plants. Again, I think you're a fan. Flowering plants. Think berries, citrus, fruits like apples and pears, plus spices. So, you know, if, as I explained last time, we there's three sections. There's the signature challenge. Only Maddie's Hot Cross Buns and Dana's Spice Buns failed the test. In the technical, Christy had a near flawless lemon and thyme drizzle cake. And in the showstopper, plenty of good offerings of the floral dessert using gelatin windows, which I didn't even know about, and I'm sure that's a, not what it's really called. But, like, a lot of them had, like, edible flowers, but they used gelatin and it like literally looked like it was you were looking through a window at the flower, like it, like it crystallized completely, or, or it was, I know it was like Jello. I mean, it was like shaky, but you could see the flower on the inside. Pretty cool. In the end, and if you don't want to know, turn your pause your podcast right now. But in the end, Josh walked away with Star Baker, and despite Saku thinking it was her time to go, 
It was Dana who got kicked out I of the knew, tent. I knew Dana's. And they, they, the days were numbered. And real quick, while I'm on my section of the show. So, in, uh, so where I'm at is uh, Season 3, Episode 16 is the last one I watched. We just got introduced to who I didn't know from the past, Cora Beth, that marries Ike eventually. Is John Walton's cousin? No idea. But surprise, surprise. This Cora Beth is awful. And anyway, she comes to town. Ike falls in love. Somehow, in a one-hour episode, which only spanned a couple of days, I believe they were they were wed. So Cora Beth is now in my life. Well, that's because most of them were going to die of colic or something. <laughs> well, Cora Beth's in my life. You got to make it happen. So that's Milk my poison. That's my Walton's update. Whatever Abe Lincoln's mom died of. Let me uh, let me just go back to the British Bake Off. Just the great two British things that I've seen on the internet that that got me lately. Yes. Well, one Mike knows is the three midget Chinese singers. I've been sending you. <laughs> I think it's little people. I, little people. Little people. They are little people. Are they and the most incredible thing? I don't even. I I'm uncomfortable I watching it. So and, no wait wait. But a little person Chinese singer brothers three brothers. Yes. Okay. It's like the Chinese. They're almost midget version of Hanson. Okay, <laughs> I'm intrigued. But, but in case you would, outside of the umbop thing, Hanson was like, you know, they were they were musically talented, but nobody knew it. They made they forced yeah, them into okay. that thing. Nevertheless, so, that's the thing I've been I've been dealing. That's with. That's what I'm saying. It's, but the two the two recipes, one I saw a lemon creme brulee where they cut the lemon in half, scoop the lemon out, make the brulee. This is the the <coughs> little people. No, it oh. always, to, we dear God, okay. I wish to yeah, go what, what, what do the, they sing? They sing. It's oh, I'll, okay. send you, I'll send it to you. Okay. I, usually, yeah, I don't I know it. how to send it to both of you. But, well, on the thread. I, I know, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, that anyway, it doesn't work that way. Um, that, that's been fantastic. Okay, so now we're on dessert. Okay. And the second one was, I've been doing uh, apple crumble a little bit lately. You know what I mean? Something kind of fall. You're easy, making quick. This. I'm making it. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's where the British breaking... This would have been the natural segue before the Waltons, but... Yeah, I'm sorry. Little people I, probably... I got excited, my first Walton segment. Um, I did something culinary, I think, artistic tonight. I made noodles, you know, just that regular pack of... What's it called? Like egg... No- oh, egg noodles. noodles. Yeah, whatever. Those, and combine that with Denty Moore Beef Stew. And the family ate it like it was going out of stuff. <laughs> That's what you do when you've got just a few minutes to make dinner. and That's making miracles happen. Yeah, that's right. That's what I do. I make and miracles happen. Denty more beef stew. And you make sure that trash is picked up on time, safely, correctly. I dealt with trying to find a home for about four pickups of about give or take 30 tons of metal hydroxy sludge today in skinny atlas new york now it's not easy to do no i would i wouldn't think it was so anyway so there we go go. so there's that deco do you have a segment you'd like to have i don't have a segment but i but i've got a suggestion and my wife and i are halfway through but on hulu like mike i like to be like like Mike. mike okay hulu uh, Hulu, One Day in America, 1963. I was going to bring that up. Fan, finish up the third episode today. I we are through one and a half, and we will finish the uh, the uh, 
second half when we get home tonight. And Which is surprising it, because it, the third amazing. episode is completely and different. I, and I thought when I when I started it because I am fascinated by, 50, by the entire 60 story. 60 years ago. By the whole story. And I thought, here we go. It's just going to be another standard Nat Geo generic documentary. And they basically got everybody that was living and involved in the story in this documentary. From Secret Service agents. Now, what's it called? To, uh, One Day in America. One Day in America, oh. 1963. So, Secret Service agents for both the president and Mrs. Kennedy. Hmm. Uh, photographers on the ground. I think we're getting into the people that dealt with him uh, in the jail. They never, ever knew that Lee Harvey Oswald rode to work with the guy in yep. the morning and the guy survives to this day and, yep. and talked about really hey, yeah he so, said he said that uh he said he's a time traveler uh, not in a smart ass way but just yeah. that he said because every day he goes back to november 22nd 1963 yep. i got i got a comment to make because I, okay. I finished it today not knowing that this is going to be our topic however um i can remember the 25th anniversary i was in the navy and I'd gone out and had a few drinks, you know. Imagine that. And um, the next thing I know was they were re-showing the entire funeral. And it's in that, uh, what's it called, kin kin kinescope? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Where it looks, it looks almost high definition, but it's in black and white. Yeah, and, I know, and, yeah. And, uh, super, super clear. And I can remember watching and, and just, just feeling like I was there. Not there. For, but I mean, you know, it was so. I was about twenty-five years old at the time, and uh, it was crazy to watch, and uh, because I think that's the first event in America that people saw mostly in color. Hmm. Uh, I would, you know, I, I would think that it's the first real news event that was almost exclusively in color. I mean, you probably maybe watched it on black and white TV, but yeah. And as you watch it today. 60 years ago, my, my kids think that, you know, 2010 was the yeah, way it passed. Yeah. But it seems like that's where modern history kind of begins. It's not just newsreels. It's not that, that you know, it's something that you say, oh, I get it. I understand it. I, uh, you see the color of the cars. You see the, uh, the hat of the guy bringing Lee Harvey Oswald down is kind of a baby blue. And I've yeah. only seen pictures in black and white. Right, right, right. And when you see it, in, you know what I mean? There you go, wow, that's that's so amazing. But Yeah, seeing Dealey Plaza completely colorized. Have you been there? I have never been there. Okay. Is something that I had never seen before in any of the documentaries. In 79, we had friends that moved from St. Louis to Dallas, uh, kids my age, one of which, a daughter... Family now lives in Petersburg, just for the record. Because, of course. Because. But, um, you know, when you go down there and you get a, you look at the sixth floor, you look at Dealey Plaza, you look at where the fence is, you look at, you know, all of those things, it, there, you leave there with many more questions than you have uh answers for and it's not so much conspiracy you know what i mean it's just you wonder you why well, can't we figure this thing out and that and that was the uh and i don't i don't know spoilers here but i think it was i think we we get it yeah no it was clint hill who basically came out what was it a month ago and explained there there's no magic bullet here's exactly how it happened and 
I had never heard, like, you know, the Occam's razor. Sometimes the simplest explanation is right. the easiest. Hey, there was a the, the, the fourth bullet. It was right here. Here's why it was here, and here's why it looked undisturbed, because it wasn't the one you thought it was. Right, right. So, you know, maybe if, if it's something as easy as that, I think... I think more people would be accepting of it, but well, we're that. But that will be the night of the Barif uh, Purdue. I mean, <laughs> excuse me, Barif's playing Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> that was three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it's the night of the Barif Washington game. That's sixty years. Wow. I was I was um, sixty years. I had not. Years. I would not come around for another five or six months. And that comes up in conversation around America. Every day. Every, Every day. single day. Every single day. Is, they, they said it's Ameri- when America lost its innocence. Some people say it's when it lost its youth. I, I, but I do believe it's when it's the first time we stopped trusting each other. Well, something yeah. I've thought about a little bit in, in, in reading the story about Clint Allen and being that I, <laughs> I did major in psychology in college and no, I don't think everybody needs couch and therapy sessions all the time, but... It's amazing how really so because many, your empathy is know, just, it's is, off the is, charts. I know. Yeah. But so many of these figures yeah, have came out, you know, after it was very good after five decades and saying, "Dude, I had PTSD, and I I buried this thing, and I never talked about it, and I just I just wanted it to go away." And that's what Clint Hill was talking about. Did you lie to Congress? Yeah, basically. Why did you do it? Because I wanted it to be over. You just wanted out of there. And I just think if, you know, maybe we had the mental health apparatus in place that we do today, maybe some of these people Who was on the Warren, who was on the Warren Commission? Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was Gerald on it. Yeah, I knew there was somebody, yeah. A man unelected to the presidency? Unelected to the vice presidency? Huh. I wonder if that was Uh-oh. a payoff at all. There's another rabbit hole we're just headed down. Opened up something else. I wonder if that, you know. So I don't have Hulu, but is that worth the, like doing a free trial? Yeah, do, yeah, yeah do, your, like do your seven day yeah. and be out of there. It's just, it's just, and you guys are younger. You know what I mean? Not by, and like I said, and maybe I don't get to consider myself because it was six months before I was born, but it was that and the moon landing were the two biggest events that shaped yeah. my my youth. It shaped America during that time. I mean, no two ways about it. In the nineteen sixties and Vietnam, but. I got really into the, speaking of that, I got into the Apollo program a few years ago, read every book I can find. And I still, last night, driving to Orleans, when I see that sign going into Lawrence County, like... Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. That, you know, three astronauts from there. Um, now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, this is for the Boilermakers. I'm there you gonna. go. I invented a drinking game <laughs> for young... Fraternity men and sorority women at Purdue. Okay. Okay. What you do is, Neil Armstrong was a Fidelt right across from the undergraduate library is where the Fidelt house was. Uh, Gene Cernan, the last man to walk on the moon, was a Fiji up by Kerry Quad. I think you need to do a shot. I think you need to do a shot every block between Armstrong and Cernan's homes. <laughs> I'm how, just telling you. That, did, did that go over well? I, I I gave it to a friend of my daughter's as I said, this can be your idea now. Right, yeah. I'm giving Take this it, away. Run with it, young <laughs> but, child. <laughs> but I want, but I think, like I said, and we'll call it a, come on, people. You guys are smart guys. A moonwalk. A moonwalk. 
the moonwalk. Should you do it backwards? You that, that would be from that, that could add it, that could be like homecoming weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, when yeah. you really want to test yourself. But yes, there is a Grissom Hall at, at Purdue, and the thing about Grissom Hall is it had a very large six foot uh, photograph of Gus Grissom that I had in my uh, my fraternity house for a while, um, and then we realized our better angels that this probably belongs to more than yeah, just me and right. my roommate, you know. Yeah. But when you take an electric screwdriver into Grissom Hall to unscrew it, I mean, that's, that's worth some effort, right? That's, yeah, you got to yeah, think. Yeah. It went that, back. You talk about somebody that had a gruesome ending into their pool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look that one up, kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of history, uh, this was not, but this is, you know, the beauty of our podcast. You walk up on three guys, and here's what they're talking about. Um, I did not know. I was doing some research, watching some stuff on this United Auto Workers strike. I did not know about the strike in the 30s that was called the sit-down strike. Have you, have you kind of looked into this? I'd never heard of this before, and it was fascinating. I, I have not, but um, so, I, I think my grandfather was U, was UMWA Indiana Chapter 1, so really? there's a fun well, fact for you. Basically, they sat down. It, it was popular in Europe, and they had never been done in the United States. And the, the United Auto Workers was a brand new union. They sat down on the job, and they did not leave the factory for 44 days, I think. They only ate with people passing food through the windows or, you know, or whatever they had, and then passing through the windows. They slept on car seats, whatever. They basically, they, they, they didn't leave because they didn't want to create a disturbance outside, but they also didn't want people to come in and work their jobs. You know, they didn't want to give them the opportunity for scab workers. So they stayed in there, and uh, at one point they turned the heat off, and it was 16 degrees, and they also tear-gassed the place, and they still stayed in there until they got what they wanted. And and then so they were talking about this the, the strike that just ended, and, and I really hadn't paid that much attention to it either, but... It was, we had other things was going on. Fascinating what, the way they did that, and they called it just the opposite, a stand-up strike, to where everybody didn't go out on strike at the same time. It was unplanned and secret, and then they would say, "Okay, plant whatever, you go," and they would because they didn't want to go in mass and get a shortage in vehicles and create that because that would be a backlash against right. them. And yeah. It was just... Keeping it, public it was, sentiment it on your side. It was really... Yeah, it was, a, it was a genius strategy and it worked. So but if no, you... Well, as you're talking about labor, I, I, I watched um, Harlan County, USA. If you have never seen it, it's a 1973 documentary about um, the underground mine strikes in Harlan County, Kentucky. And it is Appalachia. It is hillbillies. <laughs> it is fantastic if absolutely you, fantastic if you've ever been in mike's basement you know that he's got he's got a virtual shrine to eugene v debs really the hope, of Terre Haute, the hope, who i talked about with nathan lester today 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 who is is he in the friend zone Ooh, we gotta get him yeah, here okay. get him we gotta get him on. Okay. i didn't know if we he's had to put him in the friend zone extremely resistant to be on this podcast why why i mean my god we've talked about well, kennedy as, assassination as I, think we've all, I think we've all talked at one point <laughs> this will probably end our professional careers at some point we're gonna say something and get canceled but maybe that's why i don't know i'm just saying i'm just saying is yes mike is a. you know it, it is nice though to be around people who like history because man that's something that's if if you don't stay right on it 
it gets lost. It really does. I'm going to just mention this quickly. I'm not begging for donations, so please don't think I am. But speaking of that, my other podcast, the Old School Red Hill Podcast, we you know we talk about all everything from our high school from 1974 to the early 90s. And we use the Daily Record out of Lawrenceville a lot, newspaper, because it's archived online. And we got to say, man, I wish our Bridgeport leader was online. Well, come to find out the Historical Society in Lawrenceville has every copy of the Bridgeport Leader bound. And so we just started a fundraiser project to get all the... Digitized? Yeah, well, and we're going to do it. We're being selfish, but we're heading it up and starting it. We're going to do the kind of our podcast years from 74 to 93 first, and then we'll keep going. But we've had some nice donations from businesses. So it's going to be cool. I mean, these old newspapers and these old artifacts are just so... So I have awesome. a nephew doing that in Pike County right now. Really? Yep. Every, well, this, at this minute. It's 8 o'clock. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, I think he they're open it. late okay. tonight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there you go. But, yeah, no, I mean, we, we go through the daily record when we're, I mean, like our last episode was this week in 1991. And we just, we each take a day. And, you know, some of it's minute, but, it, boy, we have fun talking about it and going through it. So, you I, know, that, that stuff's so cool to be able to go through. I mean, look. My, my, my daughter's ads. my daughter's my daughter's history is 2017 or 19. Yeah, you know, and and well, just as we were talking today, we were at the uh, signing of Carly Graber, the softball player, just before yep. this, and uh, we were in Kavanaugh Court, and it looks so different now. I mean, it really does. Oh yeah, for know, sure. It doesn't look like the place. Um, that I walked into for the first time for a Lagodi Bar Eve game in 19, 2001, whatever the hell it was. Um, it, it's almost like it just doesn't seem real anymore. Does that, does that make sense to you, Mike? It makes Mike? a I lot mean, of sense. It just doesn't seem like that place that was so packed that evening. The new gym is great. No, yes, of course. But, and man, there's nothing, good memories like, in there. Yeah, nothing like those old, those old gyms. Yeah, and... and we had an advantage, and, and no, that's not saying that the new one wasn't needed. It was. It's just, you know, it's amazing. It seems like so long ago, and then you look at it, and it's, it's four years ago. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that it's really easy to lose that, not perspective, but compressed time. It's a compressed sense of time. Well, but it's four years ago, but it's also 40 years ago. Yeah. You know. You know. And that those gyms, and it's like my, that gym is is sort of like my gym over at red hill mine i own it um but where the seating is up top looking down yeah almost at a pit sort of you know and and uh just an interesting way to do it speaking of red hill adam's coliseum ish yeah exactly here's something interesting you i showed deco last night good friend of mine's daughter's a senior at red hill about to play basketball one week before the season the entire coaching staff resigned yesterday (laughs) so that's great coaching is awesome yeah it's the best let's talk sports for at least a minute before we get to our best albums um that was one thing I had. Let's talk about coaching. And we watched a very difficult situation last night. The Barbie <coughs> girls did not get off to a great start. Um, how, Deco, you're back in coaching. How is coaching different now? Um, Are you doing, I mean, how long, How when did you start coaching? Oh, 2003. So I mean, you're, I mean, you're 20 years in. Have you had to change that much? Oh, I, I, I think a little bit. From his glory days of North Davies golf. <laughs> yeah. No, I five. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's... I don't know. I, 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 you would have to have been there the entire time to understand it. I, I, the, the whole relationship aspect and, and making sure you're probably on good terms with somebody when they leave practice that day, you know, that, that, that's changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was a little more free with the tongue early, early on. And, and not that I ever ranted or cussed a lot, but I mean just getting into kids. Right. Just being a jackass from time to time. So, you know, I, I would say that's, that's changed a little. But maybe that's me, too. I'm not well, as, I, I, yeah. and I mean, I'm, you're and, not the same and, person. And I'm not going to say that it's right, it's wrong, what it, whatever. But I think coaches are, and it goes back to the Bob Knight thing we talked about at the beginning. I think coaches have to look at the kids more as people now. People that you deal with, people yep. with problems, people with, you know, different needs and different situations and everything else, um, y- you know, and, and that's just, whereas before, there was a wall between the coach and the player. Yeah. You know, and and, and that, you know, they, but now I think coaches are a lot more friends with the kids. Well, it, and you get to a point where you've been in it for 20 or 25 years and you've literally been through every situation that you can imagine on the human spectrum of emotion from death of siblings and right. parents mm-hmm. to unexpected pregnancies to, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know, you, maybe you understand people a little better you as you, as, probably you as, do. as you move along. Yeah. And you probably do. And those who don't, don't, don't move forward. And, uh, you know, that's why a lot of people leave that profession. Is they, Not that they, they don't have the knowledge, but that they don't have the word of the day, the empathy. And kids are probably, you know, to go into slide into another topic that I, we've had a lot of discussions of on this podcast and that I had this week, uh, when you hear about second and third grade girls playing their 150th softball game of the year and different things, like kids are being coached non-stop now. And you know it, it. And I, I, I listen. I, I look around. Bar yeah. Reeves going to have how many JV games this year? Next year, we're probably not going to have a JV team. I, I still think it has something to do with the fact that you know you're playing every sport all year long. And 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 we've we've said it before on this podcast. Still, one of our most downloaded podcasts ever was your parents are loco, and we <laughs> talked about travel parents. And it's still one of those things that it's only wrong. It is wrong. It's awful. They do this. They do. That. They should be kids. Da, da, da. Unless it's, it's your, your kid. kid. Oh, unless, <laughs> unless it's your, your kid. kid. Yep. And by God, we're traveling to you know wherever yep, and, and Quincy, Illinois, for a softball. I had a crazy game. man sitting up next to me at a volleyball yep, game one time. Guilty. Actually, oh, you're not talking about me, oh, are you? Are you acting it? Yes, it was you, but it wasn't in this situation. Smashed my keyboard with his, you know, because he was so angry and upset. I've never you seen this you, man get angry at a You know who you are, who I'm speaking to right now. <laughs> All right. Um, is that enough about sports? Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing. Uh, the Texas Rangers won the World Series. Did the they? Cubs hired a new manager out of the blue. Does anybody care? No. Uh, isn't that sad? And, and, I hate that. And I, I, no. I hate it. I, I hope the, the my favorite chapter of the legendary book, Season on the Brink, is get into position to get into position. Yep, I say I say that at least weekly about something. So I hope hiring Craig Council 
is a sign of what's next. But here's the thing, and you live in the same county I do, unless you have direct TV, you can't watch them. But you can you but you can through the internet. You can you'll see every highlight. You will get every yeah, but I mean it's still nothing like it's still so much more even accessible. up to three before well before the pandemic. And that killed it for whatever reasons it really Every Saturday, Sunday, when we were out at our pool having drinks after golf, blah, 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 we had Pat Hughes on the radio. We don't even do that anymore. I don't know. And that's too I bad. Wish I, could, I, I wish I could get that again. But, uh, but, I mean, the truth is, could you really sit through Jack Brickhouse and Steve Stone right now? I'd like, you know, I need I'd to go like back. I'd like to try. And, yeah, I'd like to try. I, I bet you couldn't. How, I about, mean, I, how about Milo Hamilton? Milo Hamilton. You know, and then, but and like I said, God bless him, but. Harry Carey. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, in the little bit of baseball that I did watch this year, it is much more enjoyable to watch with, with the, the fast pitch clock. Pitch clock. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, we'll get used to it. So we don't give a shit. I think we've marked but that off. You list. know why you don't give a shit? Because it, it, it is so overexposed. It is so available. There's the MLB channel. There's It's, it's on every single night. You know what I mean? Somewhere, something. <laughs> but it's baseball is different. Baseball is different for me. I can watch any – like, I've got the NFL Sunday ticket in the red zone. I've got the NBA package. I can watch – well, except the Pacers, which is annoying. But I can watch them all. When it comes to baseball, I, I want to watch the Cubs. I'm, like, I, I'm not a just flip on a baseball game. And so – Well, I mean, you guys know, I mean, from – from if the occasional late night text or whatever it is, pretty good chance nine fifteen at night I'm I'm watching the end of the, end of the Bruins game because I get just about all of them on Hulu, and that's what I want to watch more than anything else. Right. You know, I mean, I flipped from the second half of the Bruins. That wasn't a full hockey <laughs> minute. I, it's just no, it's, I think it has been. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying is I mean, it's it's what I want to watch. You're right. Yeah. It's the same way. It's the it's the one game I may watch. Edmonton to watch Connor McDavid or, or, or Connor Bedard, the rookie at Chicago or something like that. But what I want to see is what I want to see. I wish I could talk about my Vegas Knights, but I don't know one player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, are my Hey, by the way, Vegas Bruins Knights. are 10-1-1. Vegas is right there with them. Yeah. Oh, I know. Has Vegas has lost now? I thought they had. Okay. The last thought, time I bet. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that. Up on it. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time. I got shocked by something Friday night, and I just got thinking. I, I, I'm not even going to say why I got shocked about. I texted you guys. But do you get shocked by anything anymore? Like, we know everything. Um, Outside of death. Yeah, I've got, except and I, for death. And, and, and even last Wednesday night when I was at dinner with my parents, and I came back to the table, and Amber said, you know, Coach Knight's dead. You know, I wasn't shocked. I think I was expecting it. I guess th- there's always a level of finality to things. What was more shocking, Matthew Perry or Bob Knight? Matthew Perry. Yeah. But, yeah, other than death, what do we get shocked by? And even Matthew Perry's not. You, you when get, you read this, yeah. Well, you get so cynical and you start. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, we talked about talking about this. We prepared to prepare. Um, about this last week. The best first albums, and we'll wrap this show up on this topic, best first albums ever. And I will say, I looked up a Rolling Stone article that they did a chart or a list of that, and they ranked number one album 
debut album ever, 1976. Do you know who I'm going to say? Boston. Close. Van well, not well, close, Van but close in time. But. Nope, I got those on my list, though. Uh, 1976, Ramones by the Ramones See, is but number that's, one. That's, that's being See, esoteric. I, well, that's being, you know what? I'm going to say it here. The Ramones I suck. Well, th- okay, uh, yes, they're iconic. Here's the thing about the Ramones, and I always say the thing, same thing. Like, eh, you know, they had like, maybe two chords. There wasn't much of the song. Then you start listening to them, and they... They are it's, really good. It, does it represent? Does it absolutely represent a time and a place? You know what I mean? If, I mean, if, where if else you're can you hear bi- a song called um, uh, Now I Want to Sniff Some Glue? I Want to Be Sedated. You know, I mean... Which was I, a great, great era of Entourage, by the way. Yes. I Oh, yes. Some of my favorite episodes when they were doing... And that movie needs to be made, by the way. Yes. And I hope that in, if it ever does happen that Adrian Grenier plays Joey Ramone. Oh, isn't he too... He, he couldn't play Joey Ramone. Well... I, he's, he's too uh, uh, proportionately built. Well, let's just say he was... What, Deco? He was... He was a, Associated with the project, yes, we'll it that's never right. it never came to fruition. I'm just I'm just saying is, like I said, iconic. Yes, great first album. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree. Eh. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with. I your, think Boston's first album is a better first album, and and that that or, album uh, and Boston by Boston is Boston by Tom Schultz. Well, Let's just yeah, there you go. Give it. I'll tell you what, the first time I ever heard that song, it clicked. You know what I mean? It, it clicked. It I love like, this part right here. Oh, so good. And this, and you're right. And one day, I, the first day I did this at my desk, I'm like, I'm going to have al- an album of the day. And I'm going to listen to an entire album while I'm working at my desk, blah, blah, blah. And the first one, Todd said, listen to Boston. Boston, Boston. First and album. I agree. You, you can't, I mean, it's one after another. And, and that was mostly done in his basement in Belmont, Mass. Just him, right? Just him. He Brad Delft did the singing. I mean, that's it really was just the two. And then they put the band together around, you know, around the demo. In fact, the demo was done. Uh, they said, well, that's great, but we want you to go out to the, to the record plant in, in L.A. Or, or, you know, whatever the studio it was out there. And everybody but Schultz went, and they basically pretended to put the album together, and then they sent the demo, they sent really? the original demo in. I right. love when we get on our music topics right when the Maker's Mark's kicking in. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, Van, listen, Van Halen's first album is is monstrous, you oh, know, you and mean. it was it was life changing for a fourteen year old um, oh, because yeah. I knew at that point the only way I was going to ever get. Dico. The only way I was going to ever get chicks was if I could play guitar. In the words of John Mellencamp. <laughs> In the words of John Mellencamp. Forget all about that macho shit. The only reason I got associated with this album first is because I sent one of those cards into Columbia House, and then you you know, you had to like... How'd that work? You had to send something back or you got the album <laughs> that month or whatever? And I can this explain this to you. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. How much money a, do you owe Columbia House? I was going to say, well, 
Del Astor. Little, remember those little postage yes, stamp yeah, little, things? Yes. The, the biggest thing was we all had pseudonyms in, in my fraternity house. And they would deliver the mail in bulk. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then somebody would sort it. So we all had sort of pseudonyms. So, yes, Bill Astor uh, had plenty of memberships at 341 Northwestern <laughs> Avenue. Bill Astor. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just one of those. It was just one of those. You basically. Emerson Biggins. <laughs> you'd send them a penny. You would tape a penny to your 13 choices. Yeah. And if you wanted the secret choice, which was in the box. Yeah. And now the reason was uh, people, they had the rights to the music from uh, companies that weren't Columbia House. Right. From RCA, from wherever else. And it was a deal... And they printed those albums up. They were not printed. They were not. They were not done in the same place as Simon and Garfunkel's, you know, Columbia House. It was basically not a bootleg, but a second. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's and and they all did it. So they were in cahoots. But yes, it cost them almost nothing to print those albums. That's why they always said manufactured for Columbia House in a little gold embossed corner of the album but you had to had to buy one every 10 months you had to buy x number of albums god that's good but but yeah i remember i used to used to get a car here one time i ended up with halloween by halloween or it was halloween by halloween i think i ended up with that album uh my dad got genesis duke because he thought it was duke ellington so he didn't send the card back. Right. Well, why would you? You know. So, let's see. We talked about that one. Boston Van Halen. I mean, this is mine. I, I I can't go away from it. Boston's probably two for me, but this one just means. I'll pick cut seven. Guns N' Roses first album? Appetite for Destruction. Mike, did you just call me? Accidentally, because I was picking up my phone. Okay. Um, I think it's a really good album. I think it's a really good album. And I felt like that they they were the band that had legitimacy uh, in the pre- into the grunge, you know what I mean? They were were the only hair metal band that was... They were a good bridge between hair metal and grunge. Right. You know, and... I mean, I mean, I think Soundgarden's first album is good. I think that. Um, uh, let's see. I got Nirvana's first album is not Nirvana's first album because that's without Dave Grohl. If I, if am I, am I wrong about I that? I don't think you're wrong, Todd. So I don't think you can, you can. I don't think you can look at Nevermind and, and uh, you know. So I've got this one on my list too. And this oh, is the okay. Last, Here's one. All right, go ahead. This last one I have on my list. If you could see the three old guys, three fat old guys, bobbing their bobbing. heads right now. In red bones. Yeah. So good. So she said, have I got a little story for you? What you thought was your daddy? Really, really good. Really? I mean, 
I mean, and there's yeah. a great documentary on on this uh, this particular album as well, well. One of the very first podcasts Mike and I ever did back in the old days. Back, back in, in the, the Beat Lab. Days. No, this wasn't even in the Beat Lab. No, this, this was, was in the, the Times Herald. Yeah. I said, Mike, you got to pick right now. Uh, Eddie Vedder. Um, shit, who else? Who did I say? Scott Stapp. No. <laughs> They're uh, back. Uh, maybe it was uh, maybe it was Scott Weiland. And uh, uh, Chris Cornell. And Chris Pro. Cornell. Yeah. Yes. I said, you know, you got to marry one, kill one, and have sex with one. Who's it going to be? Or something along those lines. But uh, you were absolutely, I think you were you were dead on that Eddie Vedder was, was, was the guy. He was the one to marry. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he is. Every, every, everything about him is solid. And what's funny is, <laughs> yeah. though. And I, I'm right there on, uh, on Dave Grohl as well. Yeah, oh, me too. Absolutely. Though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back. A little ways, a decade, two, maybe 20 years before that, probably the band's music from Big Pink uh, is pretty much an eponymous album, too. You know, that was pretty incredible stuff for a first album. Well, you could yell about Beatles or Stones. Speaking of which, how, we, how are we doing living in a world where the Stones have the number one album and the Beatles have the number one song? Is that I, is that what it yes. is? I mean, I, knew, that's, okay. that's I haven't heard that. Today. I haven't heard that new Beatles song. I, I saw that there it's was great. Yeah, okay, it's pretty great. cool. And 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 the and this I honestly, Peter Jackson I'm, has a little fourteen minute uh, movie about the making of it. I didn't even know the Stones had a new album, brand new album, number one. Oh, baby. I did know that because they did that show, the kind of a pop up show. And there, I mean, like I said though, it's it's one of those things where. Either you listen to music or you just hear it. You know, in the words of white men can't jump. But I, and, and I think that's unfortunately dying. Man, this is moving up for me. Oh, See, you, yeah. guys are, you guys are so... But you guys are stuck in 88... Uh, no, hang on. I'm going to 1994. Definitely, maybe, by Oasis. Oh, now. Kill yourself you right know what? Now. No, I, I will not. When I was kind of doing some research on this, I that was one that I, I kicked around putting on my list. I didn't say it was one. I said it's on the list. By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I, I love this part right here. Feels the way I, do I love when now. he says this and the drum kicks in. Yes. So cool. Get ready. Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never Listen, I'm not gonna get mad at anybody for playing it. No. You guys. We're going to have a rave later. You could walk into any apartment party in college, and if that song was on, everybody was good. And, and the truth is, for, for me, by the way, I thought he was carpeting a, carpeting a land. Carpeting. What, what is it? Is it caught, beneath a, caught, beneath, caught beneath a landslide. Yeah, and I thought it was carpeting a landslide. And I thought, oh, it's kind of cool. Carpeting a landslide. <laughs> Get into that. I will say this: in 1983, I love this podcast. Every party had Madonna's first album. There was Madonna's first album. Yes. Michael Jackson Thriller. Uh, Better than Off the Wall. Some would argue. Some would argue. Some might not. Yeah. But I mean that that was 
But those were that was that was every party. You want to get the honeys out on the dance floor? Oh yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> are we are we missing anymore? There's about a thousand honeys right there that just threw up a little bit in their mouths, <laughs> knowing that I was on that I was on the prowl in '84. Damn appetite for okay. I got all mine. Does anybody have any other ones? No, like I said, I, 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 added, I added Oasis to the list. That, I no, just, I, I like that. that I was, in consideration. That was I was Boston and Van Halen. And I, I Jimmy Hendrix experience was on a lot of lists. Oh, okay, okay, but I mean, he was also doing stuff with Jimmy James and the Blue Flames, and yeah, that, I mean, that's you could you could say Cream's first album by at the same time. You could say Led Zeppelin one. Uh, what was on Led Zeppelin one? You shook me, Dazed and Confused, um, uh, Communication Breakdown. The last song on Black Entourage was what was it? Going to California. Going to California. California. That's Led yeah. Zeppelin four though. Yeah. In fact, for uh, for those really wanting to dig deep. We deep want Todd. Deep, deep dive by Todd. That's all I need. I just need my own effing podcast. You got one. What do we ever talk? We talk sports just because uh, we had to tonight. Right. But but uh, Jeff Beck's <laughs> first album with Rod Stewart as the lead singer and Ronnie Wood as the bass player. Now, were they, was Jeff Beck wasn't in the faces, right? No. But Ronnie Wood Ronnie was. Ronnie Wood was, right. Okay. Because there's a, there's a small faces and a faces. And they were sort of the same band when Steve Marriott left the small faces. Rod Stewart joined, Ronnie Wood joined, but they uh, before that those they were in the Rods, they were in the Jeff Beck group, and Jeff Beck's first album. They, in fact, they both did a version of "You Shook Me" six months before Led Zeppelin. You know, that's a pretty incredible. Beckola and Truth are two pretty incredible first albums, but that you got to well basically be dead for those now. <laughs> you know, yeah. All right, are we done? We're done. Uh, I mean, that was fun. I, I like our music segments. Um, you and, and the we're other, right about them, 100% and, and, right. And the other 11 re- listeners do, too. Speaking of feedback from last week's episode, I got a text that their their favorite their favorite quote from the episode was when Todd said, my children neither like me nor respect me. What else is new? I got a thank you. You better throw my wife in there, too. I mean, with on that. <laughs> I got a thank you for the explanation on the difference between a tavern and a bar. Oh, yeah. A, so, not an easy discussion. You, you no. know, the best thing about this podcast but it was is a you necessary can hear the discussion. in the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. We had a discussion amongst my family this week, and I had to look it up, and there's really no definitive answer the difference between a village, a town, and a city. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, when you get into a village, you know, then the town has defined boundaries and the government, and, and then you move into a city. But there's no, you know, there's no, no real. Well. Um, the other, my favorite quote, though, happened off air when, right when we turned in, Todd had, had a couple couple drinks. I had a few cocktails. Like, you don't usually hit it that hard. And uh, right I'm, when we I'm turned my, off, my, uh, I'm, I'm playing on hitting it harder. I like it. Right when we turned it off, Todd said, "I don't know, Brian. Uh, was that our best episode or our worst?" <laughs> <laughs> We're about to find out. Yeah. Well, listen. I hope this was the best episode you ever listened to. We'll try again next time. Brought to you by Travis Brett in Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance My and agent. recorded at Redbones Bar and Grill. This is the B3 Podcast. Good night, Kiki Vandaway, wherever you are. <laughs>